what's going on everyone and welcome into another edition of be shape daily brendan Schaefer here with you in the evening hours of tuesday august 30th 2022 and tonight we're breaking down a cardinals loss as the redbirds did not get the job done on tuesday night in cincinnati quiet night for the offense another off night for dakota hudson on the mound we'll get into his performance and whether it has the potential to have been the last start for Dakota Hudson in a Cardinals uniform. That might be jumping the gun a little bit, but I don't think it's completely outside the question that Hudson concluded his tenure in the Cardinals rotation on Tuesday night. I'll explain what I mean by that and maybe the percentage chance or the likelihood of that actually being the case as the Cardinals have a pretty prominent pitching name on the way, could be returning to the team, Circle the date of Labor Day on your calendar, September 5th, with Jack Flaherty making one more rehab assignment, one more rehab start on Wednesday, August 31st, with the potential to return to the Cardinals thereafter. So we'll get into what that could look like, what Ali Marmel said before the game about the way they might handle the starting rotation when Flaherty returns, and some of what he was saying after the game, after he got a chance to see Dakota Hudson in Cincinnati on Tuesday night. 5-1, to the Cardinals fall to the Reds in this game, and not a lot to write home about with regards to the offensive performance by St. Louis. Justin Dunn on the other side is a guy that the Cardinals had not really faced before. Relative inexperience for the young 26-year-old pitcher. And we've seen that at times, haven't we? When the Cardinals get these guys who are kind of making spot starts or they're new into the rotation and you don't, Expect those kinds of pitchers to go very deep. And then even if they don't get too deep in the game, they neutralize the Cardinals lineup. And that's a little bit of what happened on Tuesday as Dunn got four innings of pretty good baseball in, giving up just one run. And that's the only one the Cardinals scored as the Cincinnati bullpen came in thereafter with five scoreless innings to complete the victory and put the Cardinals in position where they're needing a win on Wednesday to secure the series in Great American Ballpark. But before we can get to that game on Wednesday, we've got to break this one down. Before we do that, I'd like to remind you real quickly that you can subscribe to V-Shape Daily on Spotify, or if you've got an iPhone, Apple Podcasts is a great option as well. Make sure to subscribe or follow the show on your app of choice so that you will be updated whenever new episodes drop as the Cardinals complete and continue their March to October. They got a little bit of help tonight from the Brewers losing to the Pittsburgh Pirates. So Cardinals lose this game. They don't lose any ground in the standings. Still up by six over Milwaukee. And that means playoff baseball. A pretty good likelihood in St. Louis coming up about five or six weeks from now. So make sure you're locked in on B-Shafe Daily for all of that. And you can support the show in a couple of different ways by going to my Twitter at bshafer 12 and clicking on the money tab where you will be linked to Venmo or Cash App if you'd like to support B-Shafe Daily in that way. Or you can go to patreon.com slash bshafer12 and check out the options there to become a patron of the show on a monthly basis. And if you're going to do that, I wouldn't do it today, to be honest with you. Wait until September so that you don't get charged twice because they charge at the beginning of the month for that. So I won't even, I'll give you the heads up. Would love to have you on board, but don't do it today. Wait till at least September to, to make sure you don't get double charged there. I don't love that Patreon does it that way, but I'll make sure to warn people because that is the way that they've they've got it set up. But appreciate you guys for joining me here. Let's go ahead and jump right into the content of the show tonight, which is going to be pretty pitching heavy in terms of our discussion about the Cardinals right now. 
not a great turn through the rotation, but I have to be honest, I'm not super worried about some of the other guys like Jordan Montgomery, Jose Quintana, who both struggled their last time through. Miles Michaelis, not a great start from him on Monday in this series, although the Cardinals got the win with the big offensive outburst on Monday night in Cincinnati, 13-4. to Scroll back one episode on your B-Shape Daily podcast feed to check out my thoughts on that game and Albert Pujols going for 694, making that chase for 700 all the more possible before the end of this season. So we got into a lot of good, fun stuff on yesterday's podcast, but Michael is, I wasn't super concerned about it. He did go into home run derby mode there a little bit, but he was good to start and then just kind of hit a roadblock there in the middle of the game. Not the end of the world. I don't expect it to be something that lingers with him. He does pitch much better at home, which is why the Cardinals would want to probably set up their starting rotation for a playoff series to ensure that he gets to pitch at Bush Stadium, and so does Adam Wainwright. And Wainwright did get the chance to do that on Sunday, and he looked very good in his outing. Had uh, Ryan Helsley not given up the home run, which is so rare for him, as we talked about a couple of days ago, Wainwright would have had a scoreless appearance. But other than Wayno, the last turn through the rotation, not too wonderful. And Dakota Hudson continuing that trend tonight. But I think his start is one that we do take away a little bit more from than the struggles of the others because he may have been pitching for his spot in the rotation in this game tonight. Jack Flaherty is looming. He's been slowly working his way back toward the team by building up pitch count at Memphis. Well, Springfield really is where he's mostly been. And it'll be Springfield again on Wednesday in what is expected to be his final tune-up before returning to the roster. I've already seen it reported that that calendar date of September 5th, Labor Day, has been circled for Jack Flaherty's return. Now, the Cardinals have sort of had to dance around the question of what his role is going to be. I'm here to tell you, I don't think there's any question about it that the guy's going to be back in the rotation because they've taken it slowly this time to where they don't have to build him up on the fly the way they did the first time, the ill-fated trip back to St. Louis where he said he was ready. He didn't worry about pitch count. He wanted to experience the intensity of a major league game again. That's the thing he needed to build back up. And the Cardinals said, well, that's fine. And there was some debate and discussion over whether Jack Flaherty sort of forced their hand on that issue forced the hand of the team to say, I don't want to accept a rehab assignment. I've already had a couple and I'm good to go. Activate me or don't, but I, I'm not going, I'm not going out on another rehab assignment. And if that was the case, you know, it was never explicitly spelled out that way, but the Cardinals decided kind of the way they decided with Yadier Molina asking to go to Puerto Rico to watch basketball. They said, ah, this maybe isn't worth the fight. Isn't worth the PR hit. We're just going to Say, yeah, we, I mean, we think Jack Flaherty's ready. Not to say that they didn't believe he was, but it, it was one of those deals where the path of least resistance was to call him up and, and try and take care of him, get your eyes on him in the big league game, limit his pitch count, and go from there. Well, regardless of whether Flaherty was brought back too soon the first time, he got re-injured. And that's not to say he couldn't have gotten re-injured by pitching more in the minors. It's not to say that the only reason it didn't work out was because they rushed him back or anything like that. But the reality is it didn't end well for the Cardinals or for Jack Flaherty the first time. And because of that, I think they have been much more careful. And, I, and I'm and i sure all parties are understanding of that. Whether I'm sure Jack's frustrated because as a competitor, he wants to be at the big league level. But his health hasn't been in a place where that was going to work out. Not really for the last couple of years has he 
had many opportunities to do it. And so, sure, that frustration is going to mount. But at the end of the day, the Cardinals don't have time to be worried about whether Jack Flaherty is frustrated. Like, the frustrations are coming from the team side as well to say, this guy is too talented and we haven't gotten a chance to have the benefit of him. And now he's one year away from free agency. And it just feels like a lost career almost at this point if we don't try and turn this thing around and salvage it for Jack Flaherty. Not to say that his career is done, but his career as a Cardinal is drawing near a close and the Cardinals would like to get what they can out of him. I mean, if you have a dry run for September and he looks good, that gives the team some flexibility in the offseason. I'm not saying they're going to trade him. It's hard to imagine that they would have the the gumption to do so unless they could really get a haul for him. Uh, just given the fact that you can never have too much pitching and, and there aren't very many high-end raw talent pitchers the way Jack Flaherty is built and equipped. There's Those guys don't grow on trees. And if you think you've got a healthy one for 2023, even if that's a lame duck year, it's his last year and he's building himself up for a contract somewhere else, who cares? You might just need that arm in your rotation because him being there gives you the best chance to win a World Series that season. So from the Cardinals' perspective, they want to see him back for sure. They've taken things very slowly with Jack to where now, I think it's his fourth, maybe fifth rehab assignment coming up. I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, so checking out the minor league baseball page here for Jack Flaherty, he's had four rehab assignment starts already since August 11th, and they've built him up very slowly. The first one didn't go well. Just an inning of work, gave up three runs, earned four in total, four hits, a home run. It was a little shaky, but those who are watching it said, actually, he looked relatively sharp. Just one of those outings that sort of happened to him, a good way to get a feel for things once again. The main thing, would he stay healthy? Well, he looked very sharp in the second outing, which was with Springfield. And I mentioned earlier, Memphis, Springfield. He's kind of been bouncing back and forth. It was Memphis and then down to A Springfield, where he threw three innings, gave up two hits, no runs, and four strikeouts. So that one was pretty encouraging. And the last two have been encouraging. Another one in Springfield on the 21st of August. He bumped up to four innings, gave up four hits, one run, seven strikeouts in that start. And then on the 26th of August, he pitched again for Memphis, five and a third innings pitched, four hits again, one run, did walk three in that game, which was the high of the four starts so far and only three strikeouts. But generally speaking, he's been trending in the right direction to the extent that now with this outing coming on the 31st of August, potentially the day you're listening to this podcast on Wednesday, Flaherty's going to pitch again for Springfield back in double A. And he's got no restriction on pitch count. He's going to go as far as the game takes him in terms of his performance, and, and that will be what dictates how long he stays in there. I like that for Jack Flaherty. I like that happening at the minor league level because, again, the last time, that didn't even happen when he was ready to return to the big leagues. They said, no, we've got to have you on a pitch count even in this big league start because this is the way that, that we elected to go or, or you sort of wanted to go. And I don't, again, I don't know if that was the right move or not. At the time, I didn't have a problem with it because we thought Jack Flaherty could handle it. We didn't really have a gauge for what his shoulder or his body would be able to handle. That's kind of hard to uh, kind of put your finger on. But I, I figured mentally that Jack would be able to get that job done. But if he had these physical limitations and, and, and wasn't over those yet, not a whole lot you could do about that. But that's why I like the way they've handled it this time because they've taken it so slowly to where they're going to know for sure, like you've maxed out, you've done everything you could, and you pitched a game as though you were fully built up, which he is. That's the the mindset anyway at this point. And they can look at the results of that and, and de- determine at that point whether he's ready to roll 
for real, returning to the rotation. And when he does so, when he does get activated by the Cardinals, I think it will be in a rotation spot, and that's going to be kind of a, a blessing at this point for a team that has not seen super consistent efforts from Dakota Hudson recently on the season. Like I said, Michaelis Wainwright, you really like what those guys do, especially at home. They've had good seasons. Montgomery, Quintana, you traded for those guys. They're part of your mixture. Hudson's been sort of in that limbo where he's held on to a rotation spot. He he got the, the gig over Andre Pallante when the trade deadline deals for the other two lefty starters went down. Pallante went to the bullpen. Hudson remained. But you look at his outing since then, there hasn't been a ton of consistency. Really one quality effort that he's given which happened in his start prior to tonight, back on the 25th against the Cubs. He was good in Chicago. Seven innings, five hits given up, two walks. And he's he's not going to very often have a game where he doesn't walk somebody. You look at his entire season, the only time that's happened all year is the very first start that he made, a four-inning outing in, in which he gave up a couple of home runs but didn't walk anybody. Other than that, he's been walking guys consistently. And that's been uh, an issue for him going back to his first full season as a starter when he led the league in walks that that season. But over his past now five outings, you've had four of those five starts end up being uh, a little clunky. Tonight was four and two-thirds, so he doesn't get through the fifth. August 5th, working our way from the deadline to today, four innings, three runs. In Colorado, five innings, two runs, and again, the results weren't necessarily terrible. Had six strikeouts, which is a good mark for him. It's above what he typically provides, and so was missing some bats in that game in Colorado back on August 11th, and and scrolling back, it's kind of unfortunate. That tied his season high for strikeouts, that 6K outing, but that was five innings, two runs, and you think, okay, that's a, that's a fine output. But the four walks tell you he got away with it in that game. That's not a sustainable model for the Cardinals. And you start to recognize that the more he pitches. And then on the 20th of August in Arizona, four and a third, again, doesn't get through five, gives up four runs, three walks, just continuing. I mean, his walk rate in the month of August has been pretty unfortunate. Today wasn't a a terrible walk day for him. He had just one that he gave up. But prior to that, two, four, three, and two, and the amount of innings that he's going, that that does not make for a very good rate. And then tonight, again, I mentioned it. He had a good start last time. Yeah, still had the couple of walks, but seven innings, pitching to contact, getting deep into the game. That's what the Cardinals need from this spot in the rotation. Just keep you in it. Six, seven innings of two-run baseball. They'll take that all day long, every time out. But that's been the kind of outing that for Hudson has been few and far between. And tonight was one of the, the lesser outings of his season. Four and two-thirds innings, five runs given up, all earned, nine hits, walked a batter, gave up a home run to Austin Romine, of all people. You may recognize him. Was a Cardinals backup catcher there for a minute. And uh, when Yachty returned from Puerto Rico, I believe that was the timing of it, somewhere around that time. Romine was uh, DFA'd, and he ends up landing with Cincinnati. And I didn't even know it was possible for this guy to hit a home run, but he did. It's his second of the year. Didn't have any with the Cardinals, but that's that's kind of an omen for your season, for your effort to hold on to your rotation spot if Austin Romine is hitting home runs against you. And before the game, you get some word via Twitter from some of the reporters there in Cincinnati 
that maybe the Cardinals would consider, depending on how things went for Dakota Hudson this evening, the Cardinals would maybe consider what it might look like to go with a six-man rotation. Katie Wu, who's there in Cincinnati, tweeted out this afternoon, a lot will depend on Hudson's performance tonight, but Ollie Marmel said this afternoon he's floated around the idea of a possible six-man rotation once Flaherty returns. He's not committed either way, but acknowledged it's a possibility. Three hours later, Katie was tweeting, the first eight words of this tweet are carrying a lot of weight, just FYI. And those first eight words, of course, a lot will depend on Hudson's performance tonight. Well, Hudson's performance tonight did not dictate the Cardinals needing to bend over backward to move to a six-man rotation. I think it's time. I don't know what the outcome of it is, but to me, there's no reason to keep this going the way that it has for Dakota Hudson. It's a different role. Time for a different role. Maybe you can put him back into the bullpen where he was successful back in 2018 when he came on in the middle of the season and was pretty good as a reliever. Came into 26 games, had a 2.63 ERA in 27 and a third innings. Um, The walks were still a problem for Hudson then, which is maybe the reason that you don't get too excited about the notion of him in a relief role. But listen, if if it's a role out there that exists, which clearly it does, because today Jake Woodford came into the game in relief of Hudson and saved the Cardinals' bullpen by being the only other pitcher that they needed tonight. After Hudson couldn't get through five, Woodford goes off the sheet three and a third innings pitched, gave up two hits, didn't walk anybody, and struck out two, no runs allowed. That's Jake Woodford. His ERA for the season, 2.16. I'm not saying that Jake Woodford needs to be in the starting rotation and lock him in there and and you're good to go for 2023, like everything's great. You figured it out with your, your starting pitching staff. That's not what I'm saying about Jake Woodford. But I am saying that there have been times this year where the Cardinals could have used Jake Woodford, or they could have afforded to at least give him a look, see what he could provide. And it turns out now that they're doing that, they're finding out that he can provide some good things for the team. And so I don't know what the role is for Woodford after this, because I think it's just going to be Flaherty. It's going to be as simple as Flaherty sliding into that role in the rotation, provided everything goes well for him Wednesday night. So I don't think it's as easy as, well, Jake Woodford to the rotation. Like they had their chance to do that within the last couple of weeks with the way that Woodford has been pitching because we've seen some good outings from him. He had the five and a third innings pitched in Chicago when they needed an additional starter. They needed some additional help, and he had a really good game. That didn't earn him a spot in the rotation. He went back to the bullpen, pitched last night. He pitched on Monday in Cincinnati, a scoreless inning, and told Ali Marmel, yeah, I've I've got a full uh, complement of of work, what I'm able to do on on Tuesday if you need me for that kind of outing. And uh, Ali even said, in case... Something happened with Hudson, and we needed to go get some length out of somebody. We knew we had Woodford available, and he answered the bell. So credit to him for that. But the fact that you have to be wondering about that, and it's not to say that he wouldn't, Ollie wouldn't be thinking about that with other guys out there, but I don't think it's quite the same thing. If you've got Adam Wainwright starting a game, you're not you're not sitting there spending a lot of time thinking about, well, do, who do we have that could go three-plus tonight in the bullpen if we need to? Because it's just not something that happens hardly ever when Adam Wainwright's on the mound. When it's Dakota Hudson, though, it's almost something that you got to bake into the game plan, and that's just not effective. I really like Dakota Hudson. I want him to succeed. I want him to find the strike zone more consistently. Uh, it just hasn't happened, and I don't think it's working at this point to where uh, you've got a month r- of runway right now in September where you can go with Jack Flaherty, you can see what it looks like, and you know that 
it's not looking great, that's that's not the end of the world because you don't need five starters in the playoffs. You only need four. And you can worry about it in the offseason of how to handle that. But my first step would be to move Hudson to the bullpen. I don't know exactly what the machinations are of that and who you send down for Flaherty, et cetera. But I don't think Hudson should necessarily be making any more starts provided things go. Uh, well, I was going to say provided the way things go for Flaherty is positive. But that almost doesn't matter because if Flaherty has a setback on Wednesday, I would put Jake Woodford right into the rotation. I've seen enough to make that swap and put it's not illegal it's not against the law to put Hudson in the bullpen and see what he can do out there he's got some experience from 2018 it may not be his favorite thing but his performance has not dictated it in a year where pitching dominates like across baseball offense is down and so if you're a guy that's this deep into August as a starter who's taking the ball pretty much every time on turn for the most part and your area is 4.43 that's one of the worst in baseball of guys who have pitched pretty much the entire season in a rotation that's bad like it's not it's not like it's the the nineties where you've got guys hitting a bunch of home runs, McGuire, Sosa, all them guys, and you've got ERA, guys guys a five starter and his ERA is four and a half, and that's just darn good because he takes the ball. That's not good enough anymore, not in the modern game. And so I'm I'm looking to make a change if I'm the Cardinals. And I feel like what Ollie Marmel had to say about the subject after Tuesday's game, courtesy for this audio of Bally Sports Midwest, sort of indicates what we're looking at and suggests that Ali Marmel might just be on the same page with regard to Dakota Hudson right now. Dak uh, actually executed some pitches and still got beat. At the end of the day, uh, their lineup was uh, better than his pitches tonight. Um, some well-executed pitches at the bottom of the zone. Um, they beat the shift several times, and then uh, Romine got him to right center, uh, but overall, through strikes, got beat. It looked like there were times where it looked like he was getting more consistent, getting guys out, and then he getting it, it, it looked like he was going to find it. Yeah, he got the three there in order, and then we sent them back out, and then had to go get them. But uh, Woody came in and did a really nice job. Used his sinker in on the righties, beat some guys up top with his fastball. Slider was a good pitch for him. Continues to show that he uh, he belongs here. All right, now I think that's pretty interesting from the Cardinals manager there. Asked about Hudson, gives his answer and says, it's not that he wasn't executing the, the pitches the best he could. He just wasn't better than what their opposing lineup was able to do against those pitches. And that may not seem like it. Maybe it does seem like it. I, I shouldn't speak for how you perceive those words from Ollie Marmel. But if you're hearing that and you don't immediately think, oh, that's an indictment on Dakota Hudson that he would say that, I, I think you're maybe missing the boat a little bit because – this is the Cincinnati Reds we're talking about. This is one of the worst lineups in baseball. They don't have anybody. They're awful. They've got a bunch of random guys that are in this lineup. And Ollie Marmel comes flatly out and says he actually executed some pitches tonight. He didn't He didn't pitch terribly, but this lineup was better than what he was able to offer. That's a huge indictment to me. You give up nine hits to the Reds. Like, we talk about throw strikes and stay in the zone and, and have your defense work for you and all that stuff. You, sure, you might give up some hits that are bad luck when you, when you don't miss bats and you pitch the contact the way Hudson has to. That's going to be the result a lot of times. But the fact that it happens against the Reds in this game where it had, he had to be on because there are questions about that fifth spot in the rotation with Flaherty looming, and you give up nine hits and you still walk a couple of batters, it's just not good enough from Dakota Hudson. And I think the way Ollie described it there. His sentiment is the exact same. You heard a follow-up question about Hudson, and where does Ollie go with it? He says, well, Jake Woodford luckily came in and was really good. He 
he shows that he belongs here with the way that he pitched for us. That was that was some good uh, performance by Jake Woodford. Unprompted. He wasn't asked about Jake Woodford in that question. He was asked about Hudson and turned it into a positive about Woodford. It's not that he burned Hudson at the stake, but you can hear it in his words that there's just there's just not a lot else to be to be added to it anymore. There's no spite in it. It just is what it is. He has not gotten the job done. And if you're sitting there saying, yeah, he actually executed some of his pitches, but against this uh, this Reds lineup, not a vaunted lineup, uh, they were just better, and they were able to, to put some good swings on him. That's it. I mean, that is what it is, and I, I don't think it could be any more clear than that, that Ollie's probably thinking the same way. But then there was a question that was asked about Woodford, so you get a little bit more insight into what the Cardinals' plans might be for him, at least if Ollie Marmel had his way. Given the way you just described what that lineup did against Hudson, what does that say then about what Woodford did against that same group? Uh, yeah, I think I just said it. Woody came in there and did a really nice job and <coughs> continues to show that he belongs here. And so that one from Ollie Marmel, and again, courtesy of Valley Sports Midwest on the postgame show tonight with that audio. That wasn't a very insightful comment on Woodford, but that was Derek Gould asking the question of, all right, let's square the circle. You You mentioned that this lineup was able to do some good things against Hudson and, and was just better than his best. What does that say about what Woodford did? Like, here's the comparison of the two guys that have starting experience, and you could go with one or the other to be given the more prominent role on this team. And Ollie just said, yeah, it's basically what I said. Uh, Woodford was good, and he deserves to be here. He's shown that. All righty. I think that's a maybe a little bit of a bat signal to John Mosellock to say, hey, I know Jack Flaherty's on the way. But don't take Woodford away from me in lieu of some other move that's not going to make us as good. I don't know that Ali Marmel ever had anything to say about the, the time of the season when Zach Thompson was down in the minors and they held on to T.J. McFarland for so long. But I do know that Ali Marmel didn't use T.J. McFarland for damn near the entire month of July. He didn't want him in games because he didn't trust the way he was pitching. And eventually... He puts him into a, a situation that's mop-up. He doesn't do well, and he was gone the next day. To me, that's almost like Ollie saying for a whole month, hey, I've used this guy once in four weeks. Can you get me somebody that I can use to help us win? That's not an indictment of TJ, and TJ's back in the organization now, right? The Cardinals signed him to a minor league conf- contract for Memphis. If he gets things going, you never know. You could see him back. But I, I say all this to make sure and make it clear that I'm not disparaging McFarland so much as I am saying if you're the manager, there are, there are tactics you can use to say, I don't trust what's happening here. Get me somebody I can use. It's just like, why not Zach Thompson? I can trust that guy. I've shown that I'll put him into situations that aren't just blowout mop-up situations. Give me that guy. Well, I think this was the bat signal of, hey, Jake Woodford, at least for the way he's pitching right now, let's keep him here, let's use him, and let's see what he can give us. Uh, you know, those things with bullpens and relievers, they they are fickle. They come in waves. Sometimes you, you have a situation with Packy Naughton where you say, hey, Packy Naughton has done a great job and done everything that we've asked of him, and so we're not sending him down. He gave us that extra inning. You remember that was something we talked a lot about when Ollie said, hey, if you can give us one more inning and get out of this clean, save our bullpen, I'll make sure they don't send you down. That's a manager giving a, a promise to his guy. But then weeks and weeks and months go by, and Packy Naughton's in Memphis right now because things happen, and – the performance is always going to dictate. For Jake Woodford, finally, hopefully, the Cardinals are letting the performance dictate because they weren't doing that earlier in the season. 
and the roster clog is always too much of a thing. Well, it's possible Dakota Hudson's beginning to become a clog on that roster. I'm not going to go that far to say it because he's still obviously arbitration eligible and they can have him under team control. There might be some interest in terms of a, a trade asset in the offseason for a team that thinks that they can take this guy who's who's certainly a raw talent. He's got talent, but maybe they can mold him a little more into a guy that can reliably eat innings for them uh, the way he's been able to do in the past for the Cardinals, but Dakota just has not been able to be uh, that guy this season. But I'll be interested to see what they do. Like, I'm in favor of Hudson moving to the bullpen. I wouldn't just send him down or DFA or whatever. You know, I don't think that they need to do that. But at the same time, you got to look at who can help you actually win games in the bullpen. I'd give Hudson a little bit of a leash as a reliever just because it was successful once. Um, but his stuff just has not been good enough. And all he said tonight, like, he threw good pitches and they weren't good enough. I think that's the final straw for Hudson in the rotation when you hear language from the manager like you saw or like you heard, rather, in that clip right there from Bally Sports. So I'm curious what you guys think. Will Tuesday night go down as Dakota Hudson's last start with the Cardinals? Maybe it's his last start this season, but you believe he would stick around with the team through the offseason. Maybe he turns into a relief pitcher. If he works well in that role in September, I could see him sticking around maybe in that role. I could see the Cardinals trading him if, if there's any value out there to Dakota Hudson for another team. Listen, they traded away Edmundo Sosa, and I said that guy had zero value. You might as well DFA him. And they got Jojo Romero, a very raw left-handed arm that's actually panned out a little bit in a few outings for the Cardinals so far. So I do believe there would be some semblance of trade value for Dakota Hudson, but maybe uh, with, with a performance in September, whether it's somehow staying in the rotation due to injury, attrition, whatever, or if it's in the bullpen, maybe he can rebuild some of that value and the Cardinals uh, can strike while the iron's hot in the hot stove. Maybe it's a situation for Paul DeYoung that's similar, and maybe even Jack Flaherty. That could be a situation. Like I said, I can't fathom it if he looks good in September. Yes, he'll get a, a raise in arbitration, and you might feel like he didn't earn it because he didn't pitch. He wasn't healthy enough in 2022 to play. But at, at the end of the day, man, even if it's seven, $8 million, whatever you'd have to pay Jack Flaherty, if he can be Jack Flaherty and there's that chance, it's worth the money because you don't have that kind of upside in just pitchers that you find out on the street. Like, there aren't very many people with Jack Flaherty upside in Major League Baseball. Is it frustrating that he just hasn't been able to, for whatever reason, meet that upside and fulfill that promise over the last couple of years? It is frustrating. The Cardinals are probably frustrated uh, in their heart of hearts deep down with the way things have gone with Flaherty, but they also have to understand to an extent there's nothing he could have done about it when it's physical injury holding a guy back, but... But, yeah, there's been that friction sort of between Flaherty and the Cardinals. You remember it at spring training with this, this sort of description of what his injury actually was, and Jack Flaherty takes to Instagram and, and tries to clarify, and, and that was a whole ordeal, um, a bit of an ordeal when, when Jack Flaherty ends up coming back early, not remaining healthy. John Mozeliak makes the comment that later he sort of tried to clean up with regard to at the end of the day, it's not our decision when he comes back, and that sort of planted it on the player as though Jack Flaherty was the one dictating all of it, which I'm sure he had his preferences, but at the end of the day, it's not a good luck to do that and, and maintain positive relationships with your player. So there's just been that sort of friction, and I, I think it's, yeah, problematic, whatever. At the end of the day, there's only one year left of this relationship, and get the most out of it that you can. It doesn't have to be a big crisis or any big smoking gun or anything like that. It's just like there's been friction and that is what it is. But can the Cardinals and Jack Flaherty, can they salvage that and say anything off the field or anything 
of a personal nature, if there's anything going on there, it doesn't really matter. What matters is for the Cardinals, can we get good pitching out of Jack Flaherty healthy? And can Jack Flaherty pitch healthy so that he can move on uh, with his career, whether that's re-signing with the Cardinals, which I do not view as likely, but that's an option, obviously, or re-sign somewhere else, sign a new contract in free agency elsewhere after 2023. Like, that's all on the table, but... for both sides to get what they want, it's got to be healthy Jack Flaherty coming through. So I'm really excited to see what he looks like in September. I think he could be a really positive asset uh, to the Cardinals rotation. I mean, that's been a, a troubled spot in the rotation with the way Dak has pitched lately. If you can turn that into a healthy Jack Flaherty, it's an absolute difference maker for what that does to your roster and to your rotation. So I'll be curious to see how it plays out. And uh, we'll be watching closely on Wednesday night as Jack Flaherty uh, throws what should be that final rehab assignment in Springfield. That, though, is going to do it for this edition of B-Shape Daily. Appreciate you guys for being along for the ride. And a bit of a word of warning, might try to post something on the podcast feed Wednesday night, depending on how things are going, but it's likely that I will be at the hospital as might be baby time. So going to try to keep everybody updated on what that looks like. But the short answer is that it could mean kind of knocking out podcast, knocking out B-Shape Daily for the rest of the week. Like I said, from time to time, I might be able to post little updates, reactions to things that are going on. But I would say do not expect necessarily a full regular schedule to B-Shape Daily for uh, the remainder of this week. But keep your eyes glued to the podcast feed because I might be able to give you guys updates on what's going on. But appreciate your support for real. Uh, this is an exciting time for me. Uh, exciting time for the Cardinals as well. So we'll make sure to uh, try to jump back into podcasting just as soon as possible, but uh, hopefully you guys understand and can appreciate that this is a a bit of a busy time as well on a personal basis. So appreciate you guys for the support as always, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, hopefully, um, with with a baby on the other side. So thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on Be Shape Daily. Peace.